Oh, hello there. Uh, this is episode 83, I think. I think it's episode 83. After the gig, I'm Jesse Humphrey. Welcome. If you're new to the program, hello. How you doing? Uh, you can email into the show, afterthegigpod at gmail.com. There's a Patreon page. All the links are in the description. Um, and then you can just check that stuff out as we go here. But this is going to be a little bit different. So <clears throat> today I'm on my own and I told you by I told you last week during the Grayson Foster episode which I completely forgot to add any kind of context at the beginning I totally forgot to hit the record button on Zoom and also on my end so it started kind of in the middle of a conversation about when Grayson was going out went out to California a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago to go film some stuff with a buddy that he's filmed stuff with before. So that's kind of the gist of what we were talking about and where we were in that com- um, in that conversation. Confer? Conversation. But there is a new album that came out from one of my favorite artists, Love Him or Hate Him. John Mayer is one of my favorite artists of all time. I love his music. I think he's great. And he hasn't come out with a new album in a few years now. Some of these songs have been released over the course of the last couple of years. I think the earliest one came out in 2018. So it's been a, it's been like a weird. Um, I never really knew or thought of the possibility of an artist doing it that way, releasing a song 2018, releasing one 2019. And then there were two that came out, I think, last year. I can't remember the, t- the, the full timeline, but it was just, um, it was kind of strange to see those, those songs come out and then have them be included in the Sob Rock album. And the album we're talking about today is Sob Rock by Mr. John Mayer. So I've never really done anything. I, I obviously haven't done anything like this on the podcast, on this podcast. But um, I was kind of inspired by the guys at Records Revisited when we were talking about John Mayer. And since there's a new album, might as well go through the songs and tell you what I think about them. And kind of um, break down how, like, the sounds and how I feel about the lyrical content. And we'll kind of go through them. I'll tell you what my favorite songs. I'll tell you what my least favorite songs are. And we'll do it kind of that way. And... um, I mean, I've already started recording this podcast twice and stopped and deleted <laughs> because I uh, just didn't know exactly how to get into it and roll into it, but I think we're just going to do it. So let's see here. What I'm going to do is <sighs> let's go to Safari. And if you hear classical music in the background, that's because my son's taking a nap and he listens to classical. It's his choice. He turns it on. Uh, let's see, but he's moving around a lot, so I might have to pause in a minute. But let's go. Let's go and see track listing, <clears throat> sob rock, track listing. Is there a booklet? Maybe there's a booklet. Because if there's a booklet, then I can see who played what. Because I'm pretty sure I know um, 
pretty sure I know who who played everything. Damn it. It's not Saw Booklet. It's Saw Rock Booklet. Have I lost you yet? <laughs> Saw Rock Booklet. Booklet. Book, booklet. Uh, volume 1. Digital Booklet. Saw Rock Music Production. Um, come on. Just give me who... Wait, I might even have it because I ordered it. Or I bought the album online. Who does that anymore, right? No, there's no booklet. Come on, guys. We got to add, but we have to like, we have to have albums with booklets that tells you who produced everything, who played everything on this album. And now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have done this before I started recording. <clears throat> From Twitter. This is going to show me something weird. Oh. Here's a problem. I can't. Oh, oh, oh. Here it is. This is great. Oh, it has some nice pictures. Last train home. It's got all. It's got everything. Uh, all right. This is great. This actually looks like a really cool booklet, which I'm actually going to read through on my own. But here we go. I want to go through. Come on. Show me who played on what. This is baloney. I know Don Waz was one of the producers on the album. John Mayer produced, self-produced a lot of it. Um, sub rock musicians. It shouldn't be this fucking hard to find who played on what on on what song. It's crazy. I just want to make sure I get it right because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, oh my god. Sob Rock, a musical low point for John Mayer. I, I disagree. <laughs> I completely disagree. Who the fuck? Here's the thing. There's too many... There's way too many album reviews that don't include the musicians and who played on what. And this is a big... This is a big reason why I think a lot of really big artists kind of get um they get fucked over in these things they really do what the fuck you get fucked over because you can't you can't find who played on oh here we go and you have to find it like of course it's on reddit like, that's where I find the actual thing. <sighs> he posted credits on Instagram, apparently, too. But, okay, so, John Mayer, the band producer, is Don Waz. On keys is Greg Fillingaines, who is, you know, the, the uh, Michael Jackson guy, you know, incredible keyboardist, older guy. Keys, Larry Goldings. Larry's been on the road with John Mayer before. Pedal Steel, Greg Lizes. I don't really know where the pedal steel... I guess it would be like in the last song. That's kind of where we would find some pedal steel. But bass is Sean Hurley, which has been a big guy in in uh, 
John's John Mayer's circle. He's been his bass player live for a long time. He recorded on, uh, I think, every one of the last few records, probably since Born and Raised. He's been his guy. Uh, maybe even maybe even before that, because um, Dela was gone. I think after Continuum. And then Sean stepped in, and then he was starting to play with um, with Pino Palladino, who, if you don't know who Pino Palladino is, go Google him. He's played with everyone. Uh, you know, played he's played with John Mayer. He's he's the bass player in John Mayer Trio. Uh, D'Angelo, which is another one of my favorite artists, he plays bass for him um, in the Vanguard, and he plays in the Who, which is nuts. Uh, <clears throat> isn't that crazy? play to play in the who um so sean hurley he's i mean he's a collaborative beast and uh beast uh musician and he has a great pod um he doesn't have his own podcast but he's been a guest on podcasts and he's a very interesting guy drums aaron sterling who is an absolute beast i've talked about him before He's one of those guys that comes off so dry on social media, but like I, I guess if you know him, you know, he's he's a cool dude. Incredibly, incredibly good drummer. Uh, great sounds, so appropriate for the song. He just he just knows he's he's a musical drummer. He finds interesting things in the music and interesting uh, sounds on the drums and textures in which to make the music interesting. So Aaron Sterling, he's the he's a dude. He's such a dude. <clears throat> Lenny Castro, I don't know a ton about Lenny Castro. He's a percussionist, so let me Google him. I'm gonna look it up, and it's gonna be. Uh... Oh, was he? To- Wait a minute. Lenny Castro, American percussionist. Lenny Castro is a percussionist of Puerto Rican descent, and was born and raised in New York City. His father, Hector Castro, played the keyboard. In a Latin style, he played the keyboard in a Latin style and gave Lenny his first pair of congas. He's probably like, listen, I need a drummer. I don't want to pay him. Son, get over here. Latin style and gave Lenny his first pair of congas when he was five years old. Along with the congas, Lenny played the bongos. I mean, you're not going to play congas. Be like, I don't play bongos or vice versa, which he grew up performing in the streets. Who you play with, dude? Who you play with? Who played the bongos for Toto? Lenny Castro. So Toto is Toto's uh, percussionist, which is pretty incredible. Toto's the shit, dude. Toto is so good. When I was at Berkeley, um, I used to play a bunch of Toto in my in one of my drum teachers' classes. <clears throat> Where are Toto's biggest hits? Oh, Africa, of course. I love I love when you Google something. It has like pe- the people always ask section. And it's always all these questions. It's like, what did Toto stand for? Uh, why is Africa by Toto so popular? What was Toto's biggest hit? Why did Toto break up? Like, there's got to be. Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Toto pointed to, uh, it's referencing he, I don't know who he is. It says he also pointed to lawsuits as a major reason for Toto's decision to take a break. 
He didn't get specific. Who is he? The widow of drummer Jeff Porcaro sued the band last year. Oh, man. That sounds pretty ugly. That does not sound like a super awesome situation that they're in. But anyway, enough about Toto. This is about Lenny Castro. So Lenny Castro played congas. And if you go and you should watch the videos that John Mayer has come out with for for this album because they're really, really great. <laughs> they're, they're really, really awesome videos. Um, he had a, he has a video for Last Train Home, which has features Marin Morris on vocals. Um, and he also has a video for Shot in the Dark, which is like this 80s throwback video, which is absolutely fucking hilarious. So go check those out. Um, so yeah, that's who played on the album. And I'll get into kind of like what I'm thinking about what they did on this on this record. But in all the posts that I've seen, they've described it as like just kind of they've had so much fun in the studio and they just kind of locked themselves in during COVID and made a record that they love. So that's pretty cool. Music is super fun. All right. So let's go. The first song on the album Sob Rock is Last Train Home. I'm just going to kind of start at about 30, oh, 30 seconds in. That's probably when the chorus starts. All right, I'll fade it in. I'll fade it in like a DJ. And this is Last Train Home by John Mayer. gotta know me through and through um okay so i actually want to skip ahead and just play kind of the outro when the uh the vocal har- oh, when the vocal harmonies come in here hold on all right here we go let me know maybe you're the last train maybe you're the last right train home i'm on the last train That's when Marin Morris comes in. Okay, I'll fade it out because I don't know. I don't know if I get in trouble for this kind of thing. But um, this is a really, I love this song. I really, really like this song. This was kind of the first single that uh, we heard when the album came out. And the whole thing about this album and the marketing behind it is it looks, it all has the look of like super 80s vibes so john's got the long hair he's got uh he's got his his t-shirt 
tucked into his pants with the belt and and the boots and the whole the whole thing. He's got the sleeves rolled up. He's doing he's doing that kind of thing. And his PRS signature model guitar, the Silver Sky Strat. Uh, he has he has like a, a pink one. It's 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 a uh, it's pretty. It's pretty 80s looking, but the thing about the song, in my personal opinion, is it like, it doesn't feel to me like a super 80s song because yeah, you got you got the Greg Fillingaines thing where he's doing he's doing the synthesizer on the keyboards and yeah, ba 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 ba, that is super 80s. Okay, I'll admit that, and arguably, you know, I've talked to. Carter Gravit about this and the guitar tone. And the second I played this song for Carter, he was like, oh my God, he's ripping off Clapton so hard. And sure, maybe he is, but I think it's more of a nod to the sound and, and, uh, and, and that style of music, because you have to kind of, when you're doing something in that vein, or if you're, if you're, uh, giving a nod to a certain time period in a song that you're writing, in my opinion, you have to like hit some specific marks. You really have to pay tribute to some specific things. I think the guitar sound is really important to that. I think the keys sound is really important to that, but to modernize the song, which you have to do, I don't think the song would have worked if he went full blown eighties on it. The drum sound they sound like modern drums. It's not. It's not a full gated snare. It's not. It, it doesn't sound '80s. It sounds modern to me, which is the reason why I like it so much. Because in a lot of '80s music, I can't. I really can't stand when. Uh, man, a lot of those. A lot of those key sounds just sound so dated to me. And this one, when it first starts, like, <clears throat> I'll bring you back into the to the very top. Like, all right. So it's going to it's going to start abruptly right here right at the beginning. So that's super 80s. There's nothing there's no pretending that that's not 80s. And the ba 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 that's super toto sounding. I get it. It's a nod. But then when it comes in with the melody if you're gonna roll me, there's nothing. That's that's very much John Mayer. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna try to be subjective about this. I'm I'm a Mayer defender through and through, but this song is really good and it has a great guitar solo, it has great harmonies, and man, Aaron Sterling. I was listening to, I think his name's Christian Hand. So Christian Hand is a guy that takes the stems of songs kind of basically like I'm, I'm basically ripping off what he does right now in a way less cool way because he takes the stems of a song which means the drums he could separate he separates out the drums those tracks separates out guitar tracks so he can like in show you individually what each instrument is doing rather than just play the whole thing together which you know if he has that featured up on youtube his name's Christian Hand, and he does it every night. You can follow him on Insta, uh, Instagram, and he breaks down songs. He did the Beastie Boys, um, which I'm a huge fan of. So, And I actually didn't know who he was at the time, and I, I heard him do it one time. I was like, who is this 
guy. Who does this guy think he is? He does like hype things up a bit, a bit much. Like you know, a simple thing, he'll make a big deal. He'll be like, "Oh my god, I hate that! Oh, unbelievable! Like it's so unbelievable." It, it's music. <laughs> it's 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 not like you know. That's something that would always drive me crazy about going to a concert at Berkeley. Is that anytime someone did something, everybody would go, "Oh!" And it's just like listen to it. Just listen to it. <laughs> we don't have to do that anyway. But. That's I, I digress. Christian Hand's awesome. Really, really enjoy what he does uh, with these songs and the reviews. So that was Last Train Home. That's the single. Um, that's one of the songs that we hadn't heard before. It came out a few weeks before the, the full album came out. And I like it. It's really up-tempo, really upbeat. You can go watch the video for it. He did a couple perform- performances on it for uh, Late Night. Um, and they're... they're produced performances that they're on their own stage which i think is how they should always do it just say hey we're we have john mayer we're the last train home and we're going to cut to him and his thing so i really like um i don't think that would have been possible i don't think that type of production would have been possible if it wasn't for pandemic and pandemic thinking with live streams and all that stuff so <clears throat> that's very very cool let's move on so the next song the next song on this list sorry i'm breathing heavy oh god i'm packing up the apartment so the next one is shouldn't matter but it does that's the name of the song i'm not saying that it shouldn't the song shouldn't matter but it does that's the name of the song the name of the song is shouldn't matter but it does and it's explicit i don't know if we're going to get to that part but he says the f word he drops an f-bomb in the song which i always think is a risky choice to drop an F-bomb in, in this song, which is like a ballad. It's a soft acoustic guitar ballad. Very John Mayer. Um, so I'm just going to start it. I'm just going to start it from top. From top? From the top. Uh, let's do it. Should have been open. Should have done more. Should have learned a lesson from the year before Should have been honest Should have just cried Should have told me there was nothing left inside Now the road keeps rolling on forever And the years keep pulling us apart We lost something I still wonder what it was It shouldn't matter shouldn't matter But it does Alright, so, I mean, it's a classic John Mayer love song Not love song, but it's 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 a classic Mayer song about how He, he wishes that You know, it worked out or that he he wasn't he could find the one, but it just doesn't seem to be happening for good old Johnny. Um, it's such a strong pull in a song to be to like repeat the name of the song at the end of the chorus, and and it's a really really great song. I listened to an interview of John saying that like you know he he goes through songs when he's in the songwriting process, and like if that last line of that chorus 
doesn't just really do something to you, he'll ditch it. And, um, and you can really, and I really hear how strong of a line, uh, and a pull that this song has at the end of it. And, you know, I love having, it's cool to have that eighties vibe with, with the first song and then have a completely opposite thing and, and acoustic guitar totally, you know, back in John Mayer land. Um, I don't, I don't like, you know, I'll listen to this song for the first, you know, month or, or, or two that I have it. And it takes me a little while to really get into a song like this, like a ballad. I'm not really, I don't love to listen to ballads unless it's, I don't know. That's just kind of a blanket general statement. There are ballads that I listen to, but I feel like this may be a song that I do skip at some point when I'm listening to the album. Um, but I really do. I do enjoy it. I like, I like the soundscapey things. I like the things that it does. Um, you know, the, the instrumentation, the musicianship on the whole thing, I'll, I'll keep reiterating it, but it's really, really good. It's really, really good. And there's some great live performances of this, the same thing, kind of late night live performances on YouTube that you should definitely listen to because you can see the band doing its thing. Um, which I think is the most important, uh, aspect of music is the band up there playing. That's also a blanket statement. (laughs) That's not always true. It's amazing what they do putting these songs together in the studio and the layers. And that brings me back to the Christian hand thing. You can really dive in and hear all the different layers that you you might not even be able to pick out when you're listening to the whole song together. But in the grand scheme and the big picture things, those tiny little details are adding so much forward momentum and texture and layering. And they're so important. And I think uh, what they did on this record uh, for a lot of that is, is great. So let's move on to the next song because I feel like this might be a long episode if I don't. Uh, New Light. New Light is track number three. Um, New Light is one that we have heard before. It's a song that's been around for a while. Before Genevieve and I had our son Ethan, we went to a John Mayer show before we even knew we were pregnant, and and Genevieve was. We went to the John Mayer show, and New Light was the last song that they played. And this was in like 2018, so it's been out for a little bit. Let's get into it. I'll just start it. Cold start here. Here we here you go.
Okay, so new light. This is just a really, really fun. It's a fun tune. It was super fun when when we heard them play it live. I when I heard this song for the first time, I was thinking like, oh, Johnny is getting all pop on him now. He's going back. He's going back. He's been through some stuff. He went through the country kind of, uh, you know, acoustic country rock kind of thing. And now he's back. He's back in pop town, baby. So I really like this song. It's just fun. It's fun. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. The thing I will, I don't want to sound too like, you know, uh, rah, rah, John Mayer, because, you know, there are some things about his production and just the sound of some of the records, some of it sounds too hi-fi, too perfect. And he, it happens a lot with the guitar sounds and where they're placed in the mix and just the spacing. Like there isn't enough. Think of like, think of all the different sounds and they each, they each just have their place and it's just so perfect and blah, 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 blah. I would really love to hear some like some pull and, and tension when it comes to when it comes to the sounds and in the mix. I don't know if that makes, if hopefully that makes some sense to you. It's just, it all just sounds a little too perfect. Um, he doesn't strike me as someone that will play a solo and just like use the, the rip take, you know, use the take that's like, all right, just go for it. Maybe they, they put some stuff like that in there. Um, but everything, everything that he kind of comes out with, like, He's figured out, I mean, that, that kind of sound and those kinds of things happened maybe during continuum when, uh, when he had the trio guys and he did that kind of thing. But other than that, it's like pretty pristine, pristine acoustic sounds. Like it never, it's never really affected. And someone's going to call me. I'll be like, well, what about this song? But I'm, I'm just talking about the majority of the time. Uh, and I mean, his, his electric guitar tone is just outrageously good, but new light is a fantastic sound. Um, it's not overly eighties. So this is the thing when people see the marketing and they judge a book by its cover and they're like, Oh, he's coming out with this eighties album. He's doing this eighties thing and blah, 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 blah. And then it's not eighties enough or it's two eighties or, you know, whatever. Take what it take, like, listen to the music, actually listen to the songs <clears throat> and even though I don't like um, how 80s music sounds, like I think it sounds so dated uh, with, with those snare sounds and the synthesizers and, and all that, um, but they're really well-crafted, put-together songs. If you were to play acoustic versions, just acoustic guitar and vocals, the melodies are incredible. They're so good. Um, so, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just saying, like, the marketing and the sound—it's like this juxtaposition, and I think I think that was really intentional, um, an intentional way of getting people to appreciate the music for the music, and then the art, like art side, uh, like you know, it's all art, but like the actual physical art and the visual art um, to have this this kind of different uh, this different thing going on. So that was new light, and moving on. Okay, so this song, this next song on the uh, on the record, 
has a very interesting name. And when I first saw the name of, of the track, I was like, what, <laughs> what, what are we, what are you doing, John? Um, but with further investigation later, um, you know, you, you figure out what it is, but the title of the track, track number four is why you no love me. So you hear that? I know what you're thinking. Not a good title, not a good move to name a song. Why you no love me. But what John Mayer did is uh, when he explained it, and he didn't go, he, he, he did a whole thing on Clubhouse explaining, the uh, going through every track, basically what I'm doing right now, but it was him doing it. So it, it, it probably was a lot more accurate. I'm sure, I'm sure it was a lot more accurate. But that song is really, really different from anything that he's ever done before even the way it starts i might bop around a little bit in this song just to kind of hear some different pieces and some different elements of it because why you know of me to john mayer in john mayer's words is how he said why don't you love me when he was a child that's how that's how the words came out so it's the child's perspective of of uh, not feeling love or, or something like that. And I am, like I said, guys, you, you all know I'm not great at uh, breaking down lyrics and what people mean <laughs> by their lyrics. But, um, you know, let's just have a listen to why you know love me and Ethan is waking up from his nap. So you may hear him and we might take a break after this song. You won't know. You won't know that we're taking a break, but let's listen to why you, you know love me. Just kidding. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> There's Ethan. And I will be right back to talk a bit about why you know love me and uh, bop around and some of this stuff. So I'll be right back. Well, the wonders of modern day recording, because it's two days later. (laughs) I started recording this on Thursday. 
Ethan woke up from his nap, which you literally, like, there is no difference in time for you right now. But <clears throat> for me, it's two days later. Um, so now Ethan's napping again. And this whole thing could happen again, but I don't, I don't really know. So let's get back into why you know love me, which is honestly, admittedly, a strange title. But as I think I said before, it's all about um, he, in, in John Mayer's own words, it's how he used to say that phrase, why don't you love me as a child? So that's how he knows it. And that's the reasoning behind why he, why he called it that. So it's interesting. It has a very like, um, I don't want to say, no, Hawaiian is the complete wrong word. Uh, or the c- complete wrong description, but you just imagine like, you know, top down, you know, this, this is this pretty eighties sounding it has like that sunset, um, you know, you're driving around, you're f- figuring it out kind of sound. Uh, also this is, this is a song that he describes as probably one of the best songs he's ever written and recorded. Um, because it took a lot out of them. It's very honest lyrics and stuff. So I, but I don't know. In my opinion, as a listener, I don't hear it that way. And I could name, you know, ten other songs I like more than this song. Um, but yeah, that's why you know, love me. So, uh, we won't go too much more into that. Oh my God, this dude is waking up again. No, he's just changing positions. He's just getting into a sleepy, little comfy position. Um, okay, so the next song on the album, Sob Rock, by John Mayer, is Wild Blue. This song is quite possibly one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs that he's recorded in in a while because it has that has that driving along, that, uh, that road trip tempo, so to speak. It's just... Like, just chugging along and it has very uh very big uh dire straight vibes i'm a huge mark Knopfler fan i think he's an, an incredible guitarist and the guitar solo in this is straight fire um so i will start this i'll play it and then i'll i'll jump to the guitar solo so let's see here that's why you don't love me and I need to change the song. And all right, let's do it. So dire straight. Never seen the sun before. Like, I love how the lyrics phonetically sound. 
So let me turn it down a little bit so we can get to the guitar solo and I can talk about it. Um, it phonetically... Da, 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 da. It's just so... It has so much rhythm to it and so much forward momentum. And uh, that groove, man. The groove is so good. It just chugs along. Relentless. Really, really great chorus. Um, I love that guitar line. That's a very Mark Knopfler thing to do. So after this chorus, it's going to come up to a little bridge thing, and then it's going to go to the guitar solo. So we'll just listen to the guitar solo. Here it comes. Super clean sounding. That guitar solo is so clean, but when it when it enters, it's like, you know, this part. Where is it? I love the beginning. Goes. I found myself when I lost you. Ah, fuck it. Here it goes. I love that part. Um, yeah, I just, I just love the vibe of the song. It has so much vibe to it. That's my favorite part of, of music when it has a really cool feeling and it's going to a place and it doesn't leave there. Like who knows? I would, I would be very, very interested to, to hear, you know, like it would be cool to hear Mark Knopfler sing this song, you know, it would be, it would be cool to go back and have someone like that play the solo or, or it's just such a lyrical, such a musical, uh, solo and, and a very, a very interesting, cool vocal that sounds very, very appropriate for the music behind it. Um, <laughs> okay. Next song. It's going to be a long block. Uh, well, but we're halfway through. So the next song is shot in the dark. And this song <laughs> has a video. So you should absolutely go watch this video because it's an homage to all 80s. Like it's it's the most cliche 80s video ever. And it's like, you know, him singing, but like, but there's a girl in it and they're in this like dark studio with lights and there's rain coming down and then there's a there's a, he like lets go of a white dove it's ridiculous it's the most ridiculous uh hilarious and accurate 80s video of from today or, or, or interpretation of an 80s video it's incredible um the way it's shot the way he's playing holding a guitar and the way he's playing the guitar is like super 80s and, and ridiculous but anyway so let's just listen to it, um, and I implore you to watch the video on YouTube. Check it out. So right off the bat, the reverb on the, on the cross stick snare, eight, super 80s, and that guitar sounds super 80s. 
Loving like we do takes way too long to get over you and remember the line we drew. But call me over and now I'm coming through. I've always liked how how lyrical lines carry over to the next line. Searching for now, but and then the but is on the next line. Yeah. That ba-da-da, ba-da-da, it's just another shot in the dark, ba-da-da, that very 80s. Let's continue. And I wonder what it all means, strange conversation with you in my dreams, and I don't know. Congratulations, John. We had around a bad romance. They always miss the mark. So close your eyes now and take your chances. It's just another shot in the dark. It's just another shot in the This bridge is so fucking 80s. One of my favorite lyrics of the song. Uh, not this one. The next one. Is the gate code still your birthday? Is the gate code still your birthday? So a cool thing, something that when I'm always listening to any song. Uh, in particular is when someone will find an idea like that like you know obviously that's a specific memory going up to the gate code and knowing that it's the person's birthday like to put that in a song and like have have the wherewithal <laughs> to be like i want you in the worst way is the gate code still your birthday like yeah you want to go over because you know i want you in the worst way but like i don't know it's just it's a cool it's such a cool detail to put into a lyric and put into a song like that um before before the outro is like one of my favorite it's a cool thing that um that i like in music where it makes it feel more live so there's a moment where uh it's kind of ramping up to the outro of the song and then like he says like come on now like that makes it sound more live to me for some reason, it kind of I think amps up the energy a bit. Um, and a lot of the part, a lot of the thing what I was saying before with the production is that there's so much compression and 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 things happening on on all of modern day music and stuff. So it's hard. It, it you use layering and different instruments and different motifs and parts going in and out to really uh, to change the energy and the feeling of certain parts of the song. So you don't have, like, you're not you're not changing volumes really. So you can't really amp it up when it comes to volume and intensity. Um, when it comes to this 
these recordings. And I think that's that's a thing in John Mayer music is it, is it all just stays kind of like in the same thing. And you ramp up obviously with the sounds of the guitar solos and like washy cymbals and stuff like that. But a song like this that's very calculated, it's all about the um the the melody and the motifs and and the feeling it stays very very like one-dimensional in my opinion here um but i want to play that part that i was talking about casanova and he left you with a broken heart remember when it's done and over it was only just a shot in the dark that happens right right here only just a shot in the dark just another shot Double in course. the dark. <clears throat> Here it goes. Just another shot in the dark. Come on now. It's just another. It's just another. Just so, another. yeah. Uh, pause. Uh, so, yeah, what happens there is that the. He goes, come on now. And he's kind of backing away from the microphone. So it doesn't sound. So it sounds more. Uh, more live and less like rehearsed or. or planned you know what i mean so it says come on now and then the drums come in and do the backbeat two on the four and two and four and um and it takes you out of the song that way and it's actually a minute 30 like minute 30 outro like nothing much happens after that point but it's just a vibe we're just vibing and grooving and vibing um okay that was that next one guess i just feel like i guess i just feel like so this song was another one that we've heard before. It was released a couple of years ago and ended up on the album. And again, when I when I first realized that he was doing that and he was going to be releasing songs or putting was it four or five songs on this album that were already that we've already heard for a while. I was a little disappointed because I wanted 10 brand new songs. I want, but like, that's, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough ask, <laughs> but I really do like the songs that, that we hadn't heard before. Um, but this one's great because I just feel like it's, it's not, um, let's just, let's just play it. And I, I hope it's okay that I talk over a little bit. Um, just, just so I can get the thoughts out and not forget them like immediately after I think of them. So here we go. My neighbor just flushed his toilet. I guess I just feel this song not eighties at all. Not even a little bit. I guess I just feel like This song could have been on on Born and Raised or Paradise Valley. To make it on through I guess I just feel like I'm the same way too I guess I just feel like like <clears throat> decadent Good things are gone. cowboy music and the weight of my worries 
too much to take on I think I remember so I really like this song. It's funny because this is one of those songs that, you know, when you're showing a friend a video or you're showing a friend a song that you're really into and you show it to them and it's a slow burn and you really, in that situation, you want to show them like a video of like someone falling off their bike that can, that they can get an immediate laugh <laughs> because this is like, you need to sit down and really listen to the lyrics and here's a guitar solo here. Very cool sound on this one. This is a four and a half minute song, you know? I like I like how I do like how this this song breaks up breaks up the album. So it's a pretty cool I think it's a pretty cool tool to use. Um, when you put this in here, bring it down, um, you get the feelings out there and because what was it sandwiched between? Let's see. So shot in the dark, fun eighties song, but you know, still, still like an emotional song. So you have this and then the next song is, is super fun and like upbeat and stuff. So, all right. Let's fade that out. That has been I Guess I Just Feel Like by John Mayer from the album Sob Rock. Is that convincing? Can I do that? All right. So this next one, super fun song. Till the right one comes. And um, very, very fun. Let's play it. Let's, oh. Let's get a clean start. Clean start. Right off the top. Here we go. Till the right one comes. Fuck. Now I need to stop this because right off the bat, here's a here's a tool that that I need to use more of that most people do. Two bars, you have the double clap, 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 doom, doom, clap, goom, 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 clap. Two bars of groove. Then the vocal doesn't come in. Two bars of a guitar motif, and then. We're in with the verse. So you have two bars. Oh, what's this song? And then it brings you a melody on the guitar. It introduces something else. And then after that, introduces the vocal. Pretty great. Very common. Still great. Lucky in love, call themselves winners and losers of sinners who have gone astray. As if I woke up lonely one morning. Looked around and decided I would stay that way. Pre-chorus. Oh, you knock me down and you call me crazy. You say I'm never gonna love someone. Give it time now and you might find me. Refrain chorus. Prove you wrong when the right one comes. Won't be long till the right one comes. Now. All my songwriting friends out there, like, 
he has that refrain, prove you wrong to the right one comes. And you would think, you know, sometimes it was probably an option to just do, say that one time. So he says, uh, prove you wrong till the right one comes. And then he says, won't be long till the right one comes. But he could have gone, prove me wrong till the right one comes. And then just go to the musical two bars and then back to the verse. So, and then save doing it twice for the next time through right now. This part I don't like. That that thing just sounds to me like they're like, oh, we need something. We need something to to get us from from the chorus to the guitar solo. It doesn't really do a whole lot for me. But you know, someone had to think of it. And I probably wouldn't have thought of it. I actually think, I actually think, oh man, what I should do is I should take the song and chop out that part that I didn't like. Just go, uh, and, and instead of doing that, put in that keys thing that roads thing do that then the guitar solo solo then just go straight into this into this last verse all right so i kind of feel like a douchebag now because i'm like oh i'll just instead of just talking about the things i like i'll, I'll start trying to re uh rearrange these songs but no that particular thing that's i think it was i hate i hate to say it was lazy because these people work really hard and and john mayer is fucking sick but um i don't know i could have done without that part so the next song is carry me away which you just heard a second of the beginning but carry me away was another one of the songs that we have heard and that was released before this album came out a couple of years ago. But the interesting thing about Carry Me Away is that it had a different version when it came out. And the biggest difference is the drum groove. So you'll, um, the way that the drums sound now are just a chugging along two and four, like also known as boots and cats and boots and cats. That's, that's another thing. Um, so there's that chugging along that that uh, road trippy that fun uh just let's just move this along that mid-tempo rock groove in there to get this going along um i love that and i like it a lot better than the original version which was um boom 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 like through the whole thing. So it didn't, it never really like went anywhere, you know? Um, it's a, such a great chorus. It's a, it's a really, really great chorus and it's a really great song. And I like it a lot better this way. I know some people will disagree with me and say that it's just, Oh, they're just doing the mid tempo rock thing, but guess what? If I get works, it works. So here we go. Oh, got it. The start and stop, like the playing of the songs, I need to get better at. Here we go. 
So this groove was kind of how the whole drum groove was. But it got bigger with like bigger snare, bigger kick, all that. This is drum machine. That's such a nice chord. Like that change from that verse to this part is... Ah, it's so nice. And back to that. Very cool way to break up the instrumental sections. This is like such a classic John Mayer pop song, which is which is really great. Like I love I love that type of of uh, of song, and I really really like the fact. I mean, that's the biggest that's the biggest difference in the whole song, um, as far as the original version and then the sob rock version. So if you can find the original version on Spotify, which I'm sure it's very easy to find it's it, it would have been released either 2018 or early 2019 or sometime uh maybe summer 2019 um but it's very it's it has such you can really see like if you're not if if you're not like a, a an artist or a musician or anything you can really see the difference in how a drum groove a specific groove can completely change the entire dynamic of a song. So the way that this version goes is it's a very dry snare drum. It's like, like dry means like tight. It's tight. There's no reverb or there's no like space to it, which I think, which I love that sound. I mean, you have to use what's appropriate for the song, for this song, very appropriate. And then the other version, it's a very open, it's a very open, uh, so the snare only hits on beat four. So one, two, three, four. It's a boom, boom, ga. It's a boom, boom, ga. And it's very open. There's reverb on the snare because it's filling more. It has to fill more space. So, yeah, check that out. You can really see the difference in how and how uh, in in that drum groove and and how it affects the song. So, okay, let's see the next song. Oh, then we're going to have to do, uh, we're going to have to go back and really listen to, I'll do my favorite solo from the album, which is on, I guess I just feel like, which was a couple of songs ago. Um, so we really need to go, did I, I think that was the one, was that the one that I said, nothing really happens at the end of this. And like the bet, one of the best things of the whole album has happens at the end of that song. Uh, so after this, we will go back and I'll do my favorite guitar solo and then 
I'll play my favorite song all the way through, which is Wild Blue. So let's see here. And that'll be the outro. See, we're figuring it out as we go. We're figuring the whole thing out as we go. So this song is All I Want Is To Be With You. And at the end of the last couple of John Mayer albums, there has been this like this kind of slow ballady like country-ish send-off it's like a send-off and some of those songs end up being my favorite songs so i'm trying to i'm going to bring up uh the last couple of albums here and just show you let's see because who knows i could be i could be just making this up but i don't want to make it up i want to be right i want to be right my library Okay, so Born and Raised ends with Fool to Love You. And it's a bon- it's a bonus track. No, so it actually ends with Born and Raised, the reprise. So, and then Fool to Love You is actually uh, kind of another cool song that was only on the bonus, the bonus version of the album. Oh, no. Oh, no. What did I do? Isn't, like, iTunes on a Mac has, is just such dog shit. It sucks. It sucks so bad. All right. Maybe I just don't have, I'm in my library. It, it's so hard to find the stuff that you have. Like what, what is going on? It's so frustrating. All right. Continuum. I don't think it was like that. Let's see. I'm going to find another you. Yeah. It was like a slow ballad. It wasn't really country. Um, search for everything. You're going to live forever in me. That's, that's kind of a country-ish ballad. Just go check it out for yourself. Go, I don't have, I don't have the full thing here. So here without further ado is all I want is to be with you. That guitar sound is so sick. I can fake it and pretend. I don't want to see your face again. And I can find me someone new. But all I want is to be He's really, like, on this whole album, he's really nailing that last line. It's obviously the name of the song, but... So that's the idea. And then it gets, it gets bigger. There's some big harmonies. There's a big guitar solo. It's really, it's really a nice, a nice song. It's a really sweet way to end a song. I love that. I love having like a send off. It's nothing like 
It's not a throwaway song at all. It has it serves a purpose, and it's very very good. Um, all right, so moving on, and guys, go listen to the whole album. You know, you might disagree. Tell me, tell me what you think about this album, and if you disagree, or if you're like, I just can't listen to John Mayer because of that thing he did in 2007, and I'll never forgive him, and no one should ever get a second chance. Then, then bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, anyway, so like I said, I would go through the last solo or, or the, my favorite solo on the album, which is a lot of people. A lot of people that know John Mayer well and see a lot of his social media stuff have seen him record this solo. So if you go on YouTube or on, I think his Instagram, maybe it has him recording this solo and he does this incredible um, kind of like right hand finger tap slide up thing which that sounds like gibberish to a lot of you i don't really understand it that well either because i can't do it and it's it's really really cool really really cool um so i'm gonna i'm gonna i gotta find it first i don't know exactly when it starts um so hold on here there it is all right let's just listen to it all right, so wait, before we just before we start listening to it, John Mayer plays normally a Fender Stratocaster. Not anymore, I shouldn't say that, because he has his own um, own signature guitar with PRS now called the, uh, the Silver Sky, which is more or less a copy of a Strat. It's a Strat, but has different pickups, it has different settings and stuff, and, it, and it's a lot of... It's, John Mayer basically designed it. He's like, hey, you know, the 61 Strat is you know, the king of all strats and I want it's sometimes it's missing some of this low end stuff when I'm playing up high, or maybe it's missing some, some high cutting when I'm playing down low. So I feel like that's the way he's described it. I've never played one. So, um, the silver sky is a guitar usually plays or a strat like guitar. This solo is played on, I believe a Epiphone casino, which is like a big, it's a it's a hollow body guitar, uh, humbucking pickups, and uh, which is a different sound for him, which is one of the reasons why I like it so much is because it's so different. But here we go. Without further ado, here's a solo. My favorite solo from I guess I just feel like, or a favorite solo from the album. Coming out of the. Because it would be like a post chorus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I love it because it's it's over simple changes. It changes to that kind of two chord back and forth thing. Um, it's such a different sound for him, and he plays his solos so musically. I mean, the dude can can shred like the the rest of them, you know, like shredded wheat. But he's uh, I love those musical solos. So check out this album. It's called Sob Rock. Please rate review and subscribe to this podcast uh, i have a patreon page patreon.com slash after the gig uh it's a great way to support me and the show um so please check it out ethan's up from his nap so you can also email into the show after the gig pod at gmail.com but it's big rate review and subscribe please and uh i'm just gonna leave you with my favorite song from the album it's called wild blue and uh i'll just let it play out and i'll see you next time. Goodbye. I'm